Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jay Park. What a week. What a day. Washington, D.C. in the grips of a big revelation. It's like the mid-season twist in a great TV series. Now do they go on hold for like six months? Yeah, but I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of things happen very quickly here. What we're talking about, folks, if you don't already know, is the Mueller report has been submitted to the Attorney General of the United States. So get ready for speculation. Get ready for more lies. Get ready for spin. Get ready for bad faith, uncharitable arguments. Get ready for a fight. And don't expect much truth to come out. Because it's already happening. I've been monitoring online and looking at the television screens here in studio and uh you know i thought once the Mueller report was submitted all this would be over that we've agreed that this is the standard and given what robert Mueller finds then we can let go of the 2016 election but no 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 we're still gonna bitch and moan about it well i'm not though I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Hello, Eric. Hello. <laughs> why, do, why do we need to know what's in the Mueller report? Every why, dot why and tittle, every detail, and why, we I don't. Mean, why, do, why do we need to know any of it, period? Isn't it the judge and the all of the whoever? Should be up to the Attorney General exactly. of the United States. Yeah. yeah. Why do we need to know? Because we've talked about it for so long, well, and we've we've hung our hat on this is how we're going to get the evil orange man out of office. <laughs> oh, and hello, Mister Spotlow. How you doing, man? I like your shirt. Do you like that, DC I do. baby? DC universe. Yeah, DC, and you I'm know, I'm selling out because I got yeah a big hairy redneck behind me. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's Southernwood! Haven't you been on the radio enough, Southernwood? Yeah, I heard you call earlier. Haven't you been on the radio enough today? Hey, Southernwood abides. Yeah, that he does. <laughs> that he does. Now look at this. The Friday crew is assembled. I don't want to keep talking about Muller and the swamp up in D.C. Is that play? That's where all the bodies go to die, or something like that. Something like that. I'm, I'm more just delirious at this point in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's Friday. Yeah, like, I'm so delirious, I just want to start spouting song lyrics. That's how delirious I am. Oh, and it's, it's, it's a good Friday, too. Yeah, There's good all one. kind of stuff dropping right now at this minute as we speak. Other than the Mueller report? Uh, it's all kind of stuff. What more is they do? Down the what pipe. what is deep. with you and that crab-eating grin? What type of stuff? I, I'm just telling... No, I, I can't... Bracelets. News. What news? I can't 
divulge all of my contacts. You're such a tease. I'm just telling you, there's a bunch of mess going down right now. Oh, really? And it's the perfect time. You know, five o'clock. Would you put that phone in your pocket and smile? I mean, I can smile. I always smile. Man, your phone vibrates like no Yeah, that is some hardcore vibe action. I got some good action, man. I I mean, I'm sorry. (sighs) Can't help that. Yeah. What, what's a, is, did you go to the fair last year? Is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. Southern Wood does this thing where if you get a wristband, say you went to an athletic event or mm-hmm. out, out clubbing fair. or karaoke in or yeah. whatever the fair, or he, tr- you save your wristband, the paper wristband they'll give you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as it stays on there. Do you, like, shower in it and everything? Yeah. No. I mean, I'll wash them. I mean, they'll be white. No, they'll be white tomorrow. Dude, I've been at work all day today. Oh, okay. But, I mean, these are... No, these are only volleyball tournaments. Okay. And I, I missed one. Uh, yeah. I had one other band that broke off, so um, this is Savannah's volleyball that's a weird tournament. Th- that's a weird thing you do. I mean, I like it, but it's a little odd. I'm I'm weird about bracelets. I like bracelets. Do you wear a bracelet? You're like no, Ma- no. You're like Madonna. Do you remember Randall? I think he's asking for something. Look here, husband. Do you, do you remember the old bracelets, the ID bracelets that had your name on it? And it was like the long piece of gold, and then it had the chain that hooked at the bottom. I didn't. Ha- I I had a diabetic bracelet. I didn't have a, an ID one. It, it's similar to that, though. Yeah. It's it's got the you know the big oh, that that was a big thing back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. No, it was not the seventies. <laughs> it was the early eighties. Seth, <laughs> I'm not that old. Disco is still alive. Had gone it. <laughs> now, is there a particular time period? Because you know, you wearing all those bracelets really does make me think that you're a material girl in a material world um but what era of fashion do you wish you had gone through like you're a young hip kid cutting the rug and this is a question for the whole group really like is do you want to be like 1920s dapper or no. like 1920s poor? It was it's all the rage. It's going to come back. 1920s <laughs> poor. Like uh, soot on hipster? your face and Oops, like hipsters, man. Yeah, uh, that's one story I did not get to last week. Seth is 1970s unemployed. <laughs> hey, I am living in a van from the 20s down by the, the river. 2020s. Okay, I am. What do you years you sleep on a mattress of your comic books or something? Sure. It, I sure look like it. Right. My socks are Spider-Man, so I'm kind of selling no, but out. You mentioned hipster. Hold on. You mentioned hipster. Did you see the story from last week or two weeks ago where this guy, um, what was it? Oh, Ooh. that somebody put out an article about why all hipsters look alike. And they used a photo. Obviously, like when you set up an article online, like I used to do these freelance and so the editor would come around and check your work after, but I'd write an article, and then I myself would pick a photo that was public-use photo and put it in, and so it'd show up on the website. And the photo they picked was of a hipster that 
kind of looked like the bun. I his yeah. bun was a little higher, like on the top of the head, the man bun, a lot longer beard, but you know, it looked like what you would think a hipster looked like. Right. And this guy contacts them <laughs> and says, "How dare you use my photo to say we all look alike, all hipsters look alike?" I didn't give you permission to use a photo of me. I'm going to sue you. And the company comes back to him and says, yeah, that's not a photo of you. That's a photo of somebody else. <laughs> See, Proving just, your point. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow. No, and there is something that happens. It's like, I'm going to be countercultural. You, know, you remind me of this in some ways. I know you do it and you come by it honestly, like your moth tattoo. That's You're a big Simpsons fan. Yeah. So. But here's what I mean. It's like anybody that tries to be like countercultural, a little different, like, I'm going to be goth in high school. And it's like, you just end up looking like all the goth kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to be, I don't know, like uh, straight edge. I'm going to have tats all over my body. You just end up looking like all the straight edge people. Yeah. Like, it's funny how the folks that are rebelling, the hipsters in this case, oh, we're going to be countercultural and different, end up just <laughs> conforming as much as they would if they were just normal people. I think I read an article similar or something yeah. about it. It, yeah, uh, going along with the counterculture. It's just it all. You try to be different, and then you end up just being like somebody else. Right. It's you, you don't want to be a hipster, but you end up being. Or you end up going way too far. Yeah. And you end up with what some of Lady Gaga did. You know, field, meat dress. All right. And and I say just, you be you, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. No, not honey, boo-boo, because she got to call her crack. No, that was her mama. Oh, yeah. Who wears jorts? You. You. You even have dress jorts. That's that's me. Hey, I had dress jorts. what I like, and that's what I wear. And you wear ties with your button-down collars, right? I've done that. No. (laughs) I got you. I got you. Negative ghost rider. You should think about what I say before you If you go back like 50 episodes. I almost agreed with you. I was halfway into, (laughs) yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, folks who don't know, we had a real... Slobber knocker of an episode mm-hmm. about fifty. Or, I mean, tonight's episode is episode three seventy one. Woo! We've done three hundred and seventy one Joey Clark radio hours. Yeah, it was wow. a, a bunch ago when y- y'all and come yeah. up with this ridiculous idea of putting button down collars mm-hmm. on a dress shirt. The only thing worse than a button down collar on a dress shirt is a short sleeve dress shirt. Right. I mean, and unless you're in the movie falling down, you do not wear a short sleeve shirt with a tie. Man, you are. It doesn't happen. What did, was this like That's beat ridiculous. into you as a child? Yes, it was. You realize this is the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you started it. No, How to dress, according it's to It's funny. I, I was listening to a podcast earlier today on Iron Maiden. Oh. And they said that one of the guys talking about it said he grew up in the Los Angeles scene that Motley Crue came out of, that even Judas Priest came out of after they Johnny hopped Depp. across the, the pond. Johnny Depp, I suppose. Yeah. He did? Yeah, Johnny Depp. And that was like a little bit after that was like the. Flea and the, uh, Johnny Depp and uh, River Phoenix dying. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, but they said after Maiden really got going, a lot of people started running out and buying, like, black leather jackets. Like, it's interesting how it changes over the, like, somebody will set, like, a certain phase and everybody starts wearing that thing. You got to have the right shoulders to wear a black leather jacket, though. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, if you don't have square shoulders, they look ridiculous. How did you find this out? Hey, because I pay attention, Seth. Do you not own a black leather jacket? Because he, he can't Seth, you are wearing a shirt with, it looks like somebody just picked up a bunch of paint and chunked it on the front this of it. This is exactly what the other old person that gave me the shirt is. They were like, this is the ugliest shirt I've ever seen. This it is. is. A fantastic it's an shirt. awesome shirt. There's a, there's no, an it's not. It's hideous. What we're talking about, folks, for folks who can't see because, you know, we're on the radio, Seth is wearing a black T-shirt, and on the front is pretty much all the characters from the DC universe yes. of comic books. I, yes. I, for, for any I of you that are my age, if you remember the little spinny things where you <laughs> took the black piece of construction paper and you stuck it in the middle... And you turn the spinny thing on, and you just started squirting oh. different colors in there, and it just slung everything everywhere. Oh, no. That's what Seth's shirt looks like. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I can't let this moment go. This you got a dude with boobs right there in the dead center of it. No, he's, it's a chest oh, that plate. Is, that is a chest piece. That is dude with boobs. This, no, it's not. Those are way too high to be boobs. <laughs> That's like a Roman chest plate. Yeah, but kind man, of space that's pretty good. where his cape attaches. It now, yeah. see, ah, now, Eric, you get on my bad side now. I mean, you're, you're my biffle, well, and, and biffle? we fixing the... Well, no, but I can't let this moment go. You, Him mentioning the spinny things with the paint, like the school project. When I was in, like, fifth grade, another Joey Clark or lame-ass story. When I was in fifth grade, I got called, my parents got called. Because we were doing, like, Jackson Pollock, some uh, some abstract art. And the way they had us do it is dip a marble in some paint and roll it around in a box on a canvas. And then get another marble, different color paint, and you roll it around. So it's kind of like this just abstract whatever happens and randomness. And then you're able to imprint your impression onto this abstract work of marble painting art. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I named it because my impression when I looked down Mm -hmm. at what my marbles had accomplished, uh, I I named it Zipper Trouble. (laughs) And my parents got a call. Like, what? Look at it. Look at the rage. Look at the confusion. Look at the surprise and the pain. And then Seth decided to wear it to work today. (laughs) Zipper Trouble. Okay. Not DC comic characters. Going back to weird high school stories like that. Okay. My dad has had a workshop since I was like 10. I've worked on cars with him. I've built stuff with him. In high school, I didn't want to take shop. I took home ec Hmm. because I didn't know any of that stuff. You already knew the the shops. Yeah. Okay. So... You know, I learned how to make a homemade macaroni and cheese oh, and sounds good. a did cake. You, did you do a bechamel for the mac and cheese? No, it was it was a real simple recipe. No, I went to stand You should do a bechamel. How but about you do it? We I should, went to we stand <laughs> <laughs> They don't have no bechamel in stand We, and he's right because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but when, when it came time to do the sewing portion of the class, we, we made, it's a blanket that you fold up and you stuff into a pocket and it turns into a pillow 
Okay. I needed a pin cushion, and I had a little, like, five-inch tall Winnie the Pooh stuffed animal. Okay. I cut him up and practiced sewing on him. You cut up Pooh? Yeah, I did. And... I wrote his name on him in magic marker, and oh, it was disgusting, man. The, that's like sacrificial. It was the S C H I T T bear. S C H I T T. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that word. I, I wouldn't advise it, <laughs> mm. but I carried that all through home ec class if, to put your pins in. Yeah, it, it was my pin cushion. But it was just, I just your marble right, naming man. of the your your. You know, it's, again, I mentioned this earlier today. It's weird how memories will get triggered like that. Um, it's very odd. Did you ever stick pins in a stuffed animal, Southernwood? I, I didn't, and and Biffle is moving way down the list My as mom we still speak. Has that bear, by the way. Awesome. She does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The, okay. My bear story. Way down the list now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever dated anybody that you know threatened to curse you with a voodoo doll? No. I'm starting to wonder this shoulder pain I'm having isn't from, you know, too much over Somebody got a pen out there poking yeah, it. Yeah, somebody's shoulder. made some effigy of me and they're sticking it. Don't give anybody ideas. I don't believe in that voodoo crap. <laughs> Maybe I should, but you I know, don't. that's the whole thing behind voodoo. It doesn't work unless you believe. Oh, yeah. No, and that's a lot of stuff like like, like uh, hip- hypnotism. You have to be yeah. prone to being hypnotized. And really, it's just the power of suggestion. You knock people out of their frame real quick. Mm-hmm. Like this one hypnotist I heard talking about, it said he was walking out of a show he had just done. And this really drunk guy, a guy much bigger than this hypnotist, could easily kick his butt. And starts walking towards him like a beeline towards him. Like, what's up there, buddy? And, like, he's, I don't know, just, you know how sometimes people get drunk and they're looking for a fight. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe this guy got. And so, knowing his, like, hypnotist techniques, all this hypnotist did before the guy could get, you know, right up to him is, no, the wall on my property line is half as big as you say it is. And the drunk, huge guy goes, huh? What? He's like, yeah, it's half as big as you keep claiming that the wall on my property line is. I was like, what are you talking about, man? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I had you confused with somebody else. Could you relax for a second? Oh, yeah, I'll relax. And the trick is just get people out of that frame of mind they're in. It, sometimes it's triggering saying something that's just out of nowhere. And it works, apparently. Just hold your frame, set a new one. I've learned that from watching some of the greats. Like, I have to say, Howard Stern is one of the best. And I've told folks this. And this is the origins of me constantly telling Greg he's a good-looking man. Um, (laughs) Because he is, number one. But uh, there's this old interview. You can look it up on YouTube, folks. If you want to learn how to really control a conversation, who can you think of that was more intimidating than a few years ago of going on Bill O'Reilly's show? And you're not just in the standard... Fox Studio that Bill O'Reilly, it's like he would spin his chair. I know this doesn't work for radio, but he'd spin his chair. This is the no-spin zone. Like, And he's he's a giant man. I mean, I think I could still take him in a fight. I'd give him under those arms a big pop of pear. <laughs> Body blows, baby. That uppercut right there. Anyway. Anyway. Put him in a nice small package. Are you going there. back to Mike Tyson knockout? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Body blow. Body, Body blow. blow. Yeah. Exactly. Punch out. Yeah, punch out's a good one, too. But... Anyway, Bill O'Reilly was probably one of the most intimidating people to interview you on television. Two people handled him well. John Stewart handled him well, and because John Stewart knows how to hold his frame. But Howard Stern 
is and there's a reason Stern is at still at the top of broadcasting. It's because the guy just knows how to dig. He knows how to hold his ground. He, he's really good at it. It's years of just being in this weird position we're in right now, and he figured out how to really converse after being a very quiet kid. So he said it's right after he joined Sirius XM or something like that. And he signed this multi-million dollar contract, but the exact figure isn't out there. And, of course, he's Howard Stern, so it's like bathroom humor, a lot of obscene sexual jokes and stories. Lesbians, always lesbians. Which, why would you ever consider lesbians obscene? My goodness, be progressive. It's 2019. Love lesbians. Mm. Birds of a feather flock together. (laughs) Um, What I'm talking about, sugar. So, O'Reilly... Is like the interview's starting, and they're not in the standard Fox studio. They are sitting in what is kind of just a black sound stage, uh, both sitting in chairs facing one another, almost like you're at a Catholic confessional. They're about like five, six feet away from each other, facing each other, each sitting in their own chair. And Bill O'Reilly's winding up. So you, Howard Stern, king of all media, you claim, you know, purveyor of smut. And before O'Reilly can even get out a, his question, as he's winding up, Stern leans in with true wonder and awe and goes, my God, you're a good-looking man. (laughs) (laughs) And O'Reilly doesn't know how to deal with it. He doesn't know how to deal with it at all. (laughs) And it's that technique of, like, knocking people off their toes. Catch them off guard. Yeah, it's a great (laughs) interview because Stern just runs circles around him. Yeah. And I'm not denying you know, Bill O'Reilly's an excellent broadcaster. He knows what he's doing. But Stern is just that much better at these sort of things. He's just that quick on his feet. O'Reilly's very structured. So, I don't know. Well, and, and, you know, that's that's just part of when when you're, even if it's uh, it being comical or what have you, uh, when you're doing an interview or when you're just talking to somebody, you get them to say what you want them to say. Well, you know who is also... I've left him out. You know who's also really great at this? And another guy from, I guess, the New York area. President Donald J. Trump. Oh, yeah. He's Donald very, Trump he lays people. down these tweets, but and, 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 and once they come out, the general public goes, Oh, my God, I cannot believe. I can't believe he just said that. And then all the media runs with it and says... Donald John Trump yesterday said so-and-so, and he forces them to right. repeat what he just said. Well, he is perfect But at you know it. the perfect examples were in all those debates, where he is, first off, he pre-debate, he gins up so much hype and media attention, he's right in the center of all, however many, 12, 16 guys there were, and gals running. What's wrong with Jeb Bush? Low energy. What's wrong with Marco low Rubio? Energy, Jeb, low What's energy. wrong with Marco Rubio? Little Rubio. What's no, wrong and, with Ted Cruz? What's he, wrong with Ted Cruz? He raises the Bible high and then he lies, lies, lies. <laughs> Lying Ted. And Lying I think his Ted? dad, I read a story. I read a story. Ooh, I read a story in the National Enquirer. And, and mind you, Mr. Pecker is a good friend of mine. David Pecker of the Enquirer. Yes, yes, he's a very good friend. I read a story in his August publication that Ted Cruz's father might have killed, helped kill JFK. I'm not saying it's true, but I read that. And, like, it's just, how do you deal with that sort of onslaught coming out? No, my dad didn't try to kill JF. Like, that's saying the words make you seem stupid. That is like the question, though. I mean, y'all think about it. That's like the question. 
Hey, Eric, when did you stop beating your wife? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you answer that question? That's an unanswerable... Does your mother... Eric, does your mother know you're stupid? <laughs> How do you answer? Yes. You can't. Yes. You can't right. answer that question. Right. It's meant you to know, be a trick question. The, the question in and of itself, and the statements he makes on Twitter, they yeah. are like the question. Now, let's be clear. Trump has stepped on himself before. Trump isn't perfect at this. Oh, but no, no, but that's no. actually part of the art. Like when he messes up, he'll just like drive into the skid. Like he just goes right into it. And the first, I'll give you an example. You he mentioned down. You mentioned that people that are really good at this get people to say what they want them to say. They're able to elicit the response they were wanting. So I was going to give the example of Marco Rubio. This is at the point when it's just Ted Cruz, Rubio, and Trump in the debate on the debate stage. And at that point in the campaign, Marco Rubio was starting to take the gloves off. I'm going to insult him like he's insulted everybody else. You can't play his game. And so Marco Rubio said something to the effect of, and he has small hands. Like, and you know what they say about men with small hands? Well, you know. And so Trump goes into the debate. And Trump, the whole debate, starts calling him Whatever, little Marco. You know, I'm going to speak, little Marco. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and tell that to your donors, little Marco, little Marco, little Marco. And at one point, after his little Marco, shut up, little Marco. Be quiet, little Marco. Marco Rubio responds, whatever, big Don. <laughs> <laughs> then Trump goes on to say, and he hit me on my hands. Like, look at these hands. Look at, they're not small. Look at these hands. And I get, you know, and what they say about men with small hands, I guarantee you there's no problem. He literally said that on a presidential debate stage. <laughs> then later that night, he's like, look, this, uh, this is my meat. These are my Trump steaks. Look at these glorious Trump steaks and Trump wine over here. He did a presentation on the fact that Sharper Image or whatever, his hotels have steak and wine. And look, look at that beautiful meat right there. He put his meat on the table. It's just like, I can't believe that they don't know what's happening. This guy's just such a force of personality. And what I'm hoping happens, just for entertainment's sake, is the Democrats nominate somebody with just as much of a strong frame that isn't like I don't know maybe no Bernie way. would be entertaining I don't I don't know no that they way. have they anybody, find anybody. yeah I don't That's, think I mean do. yeah I mean no I'm way. I'm with Seth I I don't think they have someone right now I mean and even if they did it'd be hard to get somebody that was good like that because he good. He's very effective in a, a street fight like that, yeah. in a debate like that. It's even tough to if, pin him down. Even if you hate his ideology, if you hate everything about Trump, you cannot dismiss the fact he is beautiful when it comes to things like that. Because mm -hmm. he did. He baited. He holds his friend. He baited Marco Rubio until he got Marco to say something. <laughs> and then he turned around and looked at him and says, Marco, look at my hands. They're huge. There's no problem down there, <laughs> I assure you. Or I love that Jeb Bush, you're not going to insult your way to the presidency, Donald. Well, I'm at the top of the polls. Where are you, Jeb? You're at one like just He would take the poll numbers and just beat the hell out of them with the poll numbers. Yeah. I, Looks like I'm winning and you're not. I'm at 36%. You're at 1%. So go on. 
uh, low energy. Yeah. Well, and then there was Jeb Bush having to admit, no, I, 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 uh, I smoked pot once. I'm not happy I just said that on national television. Sorry, Mom. Like, what a goober. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if they put up Beto O'Rourke, oh, that guy is going to be pummeled to death. It, it is not going to be good. I think Bernie would be more effective than Beto. It's, it's, it's not. It's not going to happen. But I, I pray when I go at it, when I go home at night and I mm-hmm. get on my knees before I get in bed. Lord, please let Beto O'Rourke be the nominee for the Democratic Party. Well, it will be so entertaining. You know who I would like. Thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor, Dr. Paper, and thank you, Chancellor. Joe Biden would be so good. <laughs> that might be the only better one. Yeah. I promise you. Oh, you're right. The president has a big stick. And Neil Smith, an old butt buddy, are you here, Neil? <laughs> just glad my name's not Neil Smith. Uh, it's going to be fun. We're just having fun on a Friday. Kind of stream of consciousness radio. We'll be right back after this. Just getting down some old music I made here. <laughs> He's got the head bob, or no, they got the kind of the sideways head movement going on. Show is brought to you by, in part, four healthy pets over on the Atlanta Highway. Teresa, great place. Eddie Bader was telling me she has dog beer over there. What? Wait, yeah. wait, no, no, hold up. I know she's got. Meowawana. Yeah. For the cats. Catnip, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's got dog beer? Yeah, for the dogs. Dude, I ate the biscuit. Sophie, Will you try Sophie, it? Sophie, are you listening? <laughs> dog <laughs> beer. <laughs> right. It's really good stuff. Really good stuff. But she also has those everyday feedings, uh, the everyday food that you're going to give to your dog and your cat. It'll be incredibly healthy. Usually, it well, it'll be all natural. I mean, those are from some of the favorite things she's given me. Like, it looks like rawhide. It's not rawhide because it's not very healthy uh, for your dog. But it was like a rolled up all natural salmon wrap. Well, I kind of whistled there when I said salmon. But it's a salmon wrap in Gimli, the Red and Fuzzy Big Booty Buddha, Fox Red Labrador Retriever. He ate that thing nonstop. Like, he put it down. He loved it. She's also given, like, these all-natural turkey bites, little, you know, dried-out turkey bites, uh, turkey jerky, essentially. But chicken the, crack. The incredible chicken jerky that we call chicken crack because it's so addictive for dogs and cats and human beings alike. Shh. Great stuff. Great stuff. So if you're looking for a a passionate local small business that is looking out for your pets, making sure they're healthy and happy, can help with that everyday feeding, can help with maybe some specialty things. I know how persnickety cats can be. Sometimes you need to get on their their good side. We keep looking at Eric over here. Oh, he knows about cats. He knows about cats. Yeah, we found out Loretta's the one who's not using the litter box. 
<laughs> what? Yeah, I figured it. Princess is not using the litter box. <laughs> He's too good for that box. Yeah. So these are some of the problems that Teresa over at Four Healthy Pets can solve. So visit them, the Village East Shopping Center on the Atlanta Highway right next to Faulkner University, or go to fourhealthypetsonline.com. You can learn about all of these uh, specials these this month, all the specials this month. My goodness, it's been a long day. Check them out, Four Healthy Pets. And tell Teresa Joey said hi. So, where do we go from here? Because I'm already in weekend mode, baby. Can I talk about my bear? Your bear? He had, he had a bear. Um, a poo bear. Your, your pin cushion? It was a bear? Yeah. Okay. Well, when I was in high school, I had a bear also. What was it, his name? I didn't name it, but it was. Uh, it hung in my book bag, and it was about six inches tall. Mm-hmm. It was a rainbow bear. And I, well, it... It was a rainbow bear? It was just something I had, you know. Well, You weren't I t- trying to make a statement about no, no, no. gay I took, rights? I took the insides out, and I okay. put the box from a frog in it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, when you squeeze the gay rainbow or bear, it... Ribbit. What? <laughs> yeah, my bear croaked. Am I dreaming right now? <laughs> Am I in some odd dream? Or did That's you what act- people were like, What? It makes me think, though, when did, like, like it's fine, but when did gay rights co-opt the rainbow? Like, we've had rainbows since Noah, at least. Probably before. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the... Care Bears. Care Bears. Yeah, I mean, I guess that might have popularized them a little bit, but, I mean, it, it, it goes a little before Care Bears <laughs> when God said to Noah and here is a sign that I will never flood the earth with water Care ever bears. again. <laughs> to me, that holds a little more weight than the Care Bears. <laughs> but I mean, they were cool. I mean, they were cool. Uh, just, that's what there I'm... was one that had the little rainbow one. on his belly button. They were all separate colors of the rainbow. Yeah, but I mean, there was one that had like the rainbow on oh, yeah. their belly. Oh, uh. There's that always was a leader. Uh, who was the bad guy? Yeah. I don't know. I never watched Care Bears. I don't think there was a bad guy in the Care Bears. That's when... There's oh, always. my God. That's when... That's when freaking Sesame, Sesame Street took over. <laughs> and everybody had to be nice to everybody. And everybody was fine. And you're okay, I'm okay. That's when all that crap started. It's okay, children. That He's led into Won't Care Bears. You be my neighbor? No, Mr. Oh! <laughs> Freeze, Jack. Oh. Them Don't words. speak ill about Mr. Rogers. That was my first friend. <laughs> he Still, really right? was. Still? Don't laugh at me. That was my first friend. <laughs> like last week? It was your first friend, Mr. Yeah, Rogers? He was. You didn't have any other friends on the no playground? No, I didn't. I was that lonely and I was that... D- mean. A, a, a despot of a human being that I had no other friends except Mr. Rogers. And one day I watched him and he said, You're my friend. And I went into the kitchen and I said, Mama... I got I a friend. Finally have, no, I, I really did. You I mean, no kidding. I said, I finally have a friend. And, and Mama was like, who's your friend? Because <laughs> she was like, nobody <laughs> wants to be your friend. <laughs> and y'all are laughing at me. Y'all Why? are destroying a part of my childhood. Mama, you, the, the old man on the TV told me he's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, is she? <laughs> and then right after, like six months later, therapy. 
<laughs> she said, "She said, who is your friend?" And I said, "Mr. Rogers is my friend." Oh wow! Well, and yeah. she was like, "That's wow, awesome, really." But he was. He was my first friend, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers is great. I mean, you know how cool it is to to sit down like this and pull your shoes off, dude. You got, you got you been well, no. You, you be been, my neighbor. See how I call it. <laughs> I did the flip and everything. Put your shoe back well, on. You be my neighbor. You know there are a bunch of like interesting things about what he did. Oh, yeah. with his show. Like I thought you were talking about A four. No, uh, uh, I remember <laughs> reading a thing about a blind girl mm-hmm. who knew he had fish, but she was worried because he never fed the fish because she couldn't see him feed the fish. Right. So Aww. he started to announce. On the oh, show okay. when he started feeding the fish, yeah, That's he was cool. he was very engaged with his audience. Hey, Mister Rogers yeah. was the greatest. No, and he was, I mean, an incredible man. Uh, and like I was saying this the other day off air, that I hope in this day and age where all sorts of icons have been torn down, nothing comes out on Mister Rogers because, as far as I know, he was an exemplary man um, from everything he did, and to take that approach with children's television and entertainment. That it was so engaging that even little, you know, Clay here felt like he finally had a friend. That is important. It's funny. It's also important. And, and it is. And, and I said it in a funny way, but it, it actually did. In it, it made an impression on me. I yeah. really did. I was like, it was something about the way he communicated it, and I believe he felt it, and whether he did or not. But I really believe that he really did care about the children that were watching his show. Because I think a lot of people can't, and they don't know how to do that. What he was able to do is, with kids, you just kind of talk. You don't talk down to them. You talk at them. You know? Yeah, right. That's that's a good level thing. Because a lot of parents can't do that. And nowadays, I think it's still the issue. And maybe kids would suck a little less if they had a Mr. Rogers. And, and and I think Seth and you may have not even meant to say this. I think that I is did. that is one problem is that that we do because I catch myself doing this. I mean, I've got four yeah. children, and I mean, my oldest is twenty one. She's not a child. She is a grown ass adult. My next one is seventeen. She's grown, you know. And really, my fourteen and my twelve, for the most point, they're all pretty much grown. But I do think that it's, it's, it's so tempting as a parent to talk down to your children yes. rather than to communicate with them. And one thing that I have found, and it was a, a, just a piece of advice I caught somewhere, is when you're talking, like when you're talking to the midget, is get down on your knee where you're eye level. And, you're, and it's not just literally talking down to them. You know, it's not just figuratively talking down to him. It's literally when you're standing there going, now, Rose, you shouldn't have done this. Get down yeah. on your knee and look him out of eye and say, you shouldn't have done this, and try to communicate with them instead of talking to them. Now, I want to continue something we discussed a little bit last night, Southernwood, but I want you to do something for me, if you could. <laughs> you're grinning. When you're grinning, I'm, it makes me scared. I, got duck- I need you to hold on. Okay. <laughs> to keep your commentary to yourself for a moment. Okay, I can do that. Use your silence. In other words, I'm telling you to shut your mouth, all right? For just a little bit. You took the headphones off. Back up. I've not turned off your microphone yet. 
All right. So last night, Southernwood and I got into a bit of an argument, gentlemen. And I'm not a parent, so he could use that trump card against me. And fair enough, he should. I don't have that personal experience. Could you also, Southernwood, refrain from using mocking hand gestures? Don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Sit there quietly, please, without any mocking or eye-rolling or hand motions. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Waving you on. And we got talking about, are people born basically good or evil? And he kept, it seemed, and hopefully I'm steel-manning your argument, he maintained they were definitely born evil or prone to evil or wickedness, malevolence in a way. They don't, you, you have to teach them to be good. In your experience as parents, Seth and Eric, have you found that to be the case? I don't, th- I don't think you're either. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah, I don't think, I think you're neutral and you learn one way or the other. I like that. What did I say about the hand motions? Put your thumbs both. away. You know, you know where you can stick those thumbs, Southernwood? Yeah, up up here, yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you, Seth? I agree with him. Because, I mean, with Rose, I've seen her do some evil things, but I've seen her do the sweetest things on earth. Yeah, and you told me about one. Yeah, the thing with the guy at Walmart, or Winn-Dixie, that was, man, oh my goodness, that hit my little heartstrings right there. Right. uh, But I've also, she's choked some babies at school. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should get her, like, a, a bear frog. (laughs) <laughs> she has to make her own with dental floss. Mm-hmm. Oh, dental floss. Yeah, because that's what you where, use. Where, the, where does dental floss come in? You didn't say anything about dental floss. I sewed it with dental floss. I didn't sew with thread. I sewed with dental floss. Because hmm. I, I was a little punk kid. Wow. It that's never impressive. breaks. I, 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 listen, listen. I, that's, that's, he all, just got, I, that's, that's all I can handle. I want to ask you and you. Both of you have daughters. Yeah. Both of you. Correct. Correct. Okay. I'm just, I mean, this is for the audience. Get your, I mean, I know. Get your question. Have you? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to turn off your microphone. Uh, it's all back on now. Oh, it's back on. Yeah, it's back. On. Oh, wait, well, you can turn it off. No, just I mean, go it's, ahead. It's go ahead. Your question. They both have done. Have you, Seth? Have you, Eric, ever taught your child to do anything evil, ever? Have you had to say, listen, here's how you say a cuss word. Seth seems now, uncomfortable. Now, I'm not saying... He's biting his finger. Seth, I know you're a comedian, and I know to be funny, you can teach sarcasm. I'm saying, do you have to teach them, disobey me, Eric and Seth? Have you ever taught your child to be evil and disobey you? Ever? Now, I I consider disobey obedience and evil two different things Mm. disobeying my instruction is one thing but doing something flat out evil stabbing the kid next door completely different wisdom from the quiet man okay Mm -hmm. well maybe i went too far with the word evil have you ever taught your child eric to disobey you Seth, same question. No, that is a double negative. Taught and disobey in the same sentence. You teach them, so they do what you say. And what do you teach them to do? What I tell them to. Which is... Hopefully the right thing. Thank you. Just prove my point. 
You have to teach your child to do the right thing. It didn't prove squat. You don't have to teach your child to do the wrong thing. She could, I mean, she could just naturally do some evil things. Exactly because they're born evil. But she can also also (laughs) naturally do some good things. Naturally do some good things, and that was my point last night. No, no, no. They accidentally do some good things. Well, she accidentally did some evil stuff. She no, did not mean to choke that little kid, but wrong. she did. What they're doing... Hey, she might have been justified. Look, Yeah, what, hey, man, fra- frailty. Maybe she was standing up for herself. What they're doing when they do good things, what they're doing is they're mimicking you mm-hmm. in the good things that you do. Your children are going to behave, for the most part, the way you behave. Okay. Is what they're going to do. Good. And so when they do something good, right, it's yeah. only because you... Or a mm-hmm. good person. And you've learned it. And uh-huh. where did you learn it, Seth? Uh-huh. From your mother. Yes, parents are models. Or your moth. Excuse me. Your moth <laughs> is where you learned it from. No, and uh-huh. I'm not arguing that parents parents are definitely models for character and how to go into the world. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm, if, somebody, gonna... if somebody was born, say, in the complete wilderness, they would probably not turn out like a normal human being. If they're no, completely isolated from other human beings. I'm going to shut up because I can't stop talking about this, this topic. Let's you, before, you're not going to change a, my mind. There's a call I want to take before we get off there tonight. Uh, talk to Josh. Hey, Josh. How you doing, man? Hey, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Very good. Very good. Been a long day, but a good day. I understand. You've been, you've been working that mic pretty hard. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> you, you are moving. He's moving. Yeah, that's why I was gonna say my farewells and pleasantries, dude. Yeah, Be I'm safe. sorry, guys. Well, keep listening, and you still know the number. Yeah, you know the dial in yeah. area code. So keep it. Oh, touch. absolutely. Where are you I'll going be to? back. Back. Uh, I feel bad for not uh, falling through with my promise of cooking y'all some good food, but I tell you what, when I Get an opportunity to come back up with a little bit more skills. We'll throw down. Awesome, yeah, awesome, man. Keep listening right. and uh, stay in touch. You're not going to be that far away, so. Yes, yeah, yeah, sir. Well, y'all have a good one, guys. You too, you too man. And I, I love to hear that he's gotten a great job opportunity to help perfect his skills cool. as a chef. Um, really great, yeah, awesome, yeah, man. And those are just photo perfect foods. Oh, it looks so good. I know. And I read that today that he was going, and I was like, ah! I didn't know it was for the food, though. Hey, man, chase your dreams. That's yeah, the idea. That's awesome. The that's goal awesome. in life is not to hate your job. Now, Fred has a question for Southern Wood. Uh, Southern Wood, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine, Fred. What you got? I really dug your Mr. Rogers story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a penciled-in date for your next friend, or <laughs> you gonna, you're going to have another one sometime soon? Uh, no, friends are hard to come by. No, I, that's true. I, I, I really, I, I value my friends, and if I, if I had to, I have probably got. Mm, technically, I probably got three friends in my life. That's me. Is that's what me. I've got. I, I probably know a thousand people. I got three people I can call, no matter what. That's right. Right, right, right. right. And, the, and that's the difference in a friend. I got lots of acquaintances. I mean, Eric, I, I, I joke about him being my biffle, and, and I really do care about Eric, and I would do sure. what I could. And Seth and Joey. Joey's a good buddy of mine. Right. I think he's gone from, from acquaintance to buddy. But as for actual friends, I've probably only got three people that I could call at any point, at any time, and I didn't. I didn't have to wonder if they would show up. 
Right. I could guarantee they would be there. And a friend is in in. I always no, go I back think to we, scripture, but I, I think we use the word friend too quickly. It, we do, and and there's there's a great proverb, and even if you're not spiritual, there's a great proverb that Solomon wrote: is there's a friend that's closer than a brother. Yeah, and. It, a lot of those proverbs that Solomon wrote, they kind of sound funky, hmm. but if you think about them, if you meditate on them for just a just a short period of time, you realize, you know, there are friends that are closer than your immediate family. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm fortunate. One of my friends is one of my brothers, and the other two of my friends that I could guarantee you right now, I could call them, and I guarantee you, they would. But it's and I feel fortunate to have three. Right. You know, I mean, if if you truly can, good ride or die friends, yeah. If you can count your friends on more than one hand, they're not real friends, huh? unless you're just truly some blessed, super yeah. special person. <clears throat> Uh, don't get all, don't get all. I am mighty over there, Seth. Well, I'm having to, uh, yeah, we, I'm mad at him, and now me and you become a buddy buddy. You're mad at who? Old husband over there. You're mad at Eric? Yeah, we can't talk about it. I'll get in trouble. Mom will smack me. Well, Fred, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah, I'll take care. Hey, you do. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful point. Right. No, but, I mean that's that's is. life. It maybe maybe I'm just that much older than y'all, which I don't feel like I am. I mean, you are, but you you, you, <laughs> you can feel however you like. You. Are. I mean, you're not, but like 33 years older, right? <laughs> 33 years older. You ever had a prostate exam? Sixty eight, sixty nine. You know, I had one one time, and I didn't like it. Really? But he liked the second well, one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of did, but I decided not to do it again. <laughs> and on that note, folks, no matter how old or how little you are. Bar jokes are funny. They are. As are prostate jokes. Or is it prostate? No, I'm going to go with prostate. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I'll be back on Monday. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you.